Hello and welcome back to the Grazia Life Advice podcast. This time we have some thoughtful advice from a jewellery designer and business founder with a passion for travel. Hello, I'm Monica Vinader and I'm the CEO of Monica Vinader and I'm a jewellery designer and I am this week's guest on the Grazia Life Advice podcast. Monica is a true citizen of the world. She grew up in Spain and has travelled and worked across the globe. We talk a bit about this in the chat and about what inspires her most. I've always been very drawn to kind of authentic beauty, whether it's in nature, whether it's in materials or in design, and it's been very much part of of what I love and what I do. Monica is also drawn to the simplicity of life, and during the pandemic, she started sketching. But her subject is quite specific. I'm really fascinated by stripy pebbles, and I started basically sketching a stripy pebble a day just for pleasure. I'm not sketching for work, I'm just sketching for me. And I have found that incredibly therapeutic. Also, Monica tells us how she has re-evaluated life after she and her husband were seriously ill with COVID and how it was her friends and her family who really saw them through. They really, really were amazing. So emotional support, but also being there, bringing me food. And and, I mean, it was just incredible that our, our friends were fantastic. We talk about all of that and how she is inspired to design and to make beautiful jewellery and how it is so important to give something back to society. So thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast, Monica. It's really a pleasure to have you on. I've been a big fan of your jewellery for years and have bought many of your pieces for myself and for um, other people in my life. So super excited to hear a bit more about your career and how you got started. But before we crack on, how are you today? I'm pretty good. It, the sun is shining out of my window. It's beautiful blue skies. So it's it's a good day. Totally. I always feel like... Things are okay in the world when it's a day like this. So your first piece of advice is about living sustainably and authentically. What do you mean by this, Monica? You know, we we live in a world of Instagram, instantness and and slightly less authenticness than I had kind of grew up with. And I live in the middle of the countryside. I'm surrounded by amazing nature around me. And I kind of really value living very sort of authentic life, kind of closer to nature, but also not maybe always glued to my Instagram account. And I suppose Mm. that comes a little bit maybe from my background, how I grew up. I grew up in Spain where, I don't know, maybe it was a different time. and, And I guess always sort of inspired by my parents, how they kind of brought us up and how I grew up surrounded by, I guess, their work. You know, they had a business where they they bought and sold antique furniture and they had a an antique business where they really focused on kind of the authenticity of the pieces they were buying, on the design and the beauty and the quality. And I've always been very drawn to kind of authentic beauty, whether it's in nature, whether it's in materials or in design. And it's been kind of very much part of, of what I love and what I do. And in a way, what got me started in this business and what I did before this business as well, because I, I worked in the travel industry and I and I worked in a sort of amazing places in the world, incredible wild places. Oh, really? What were you doing? So I worked in a travel business and uh, we were based out of incredible places like a biosphere in Mexico or Patagonia, the deepest, deepest Patagonia. And and it was a very sort of kind of authentic life and in the things that we did and 
the people that we met and some of the, the experiences that we, that we lived. And that's always been kind of a thread in my life that I have taken into my business. And I suppose in the way that I maybe have tried to instill that in, in my daughter. So it's always been very, very important to me. Mm. And, and now in my business, I, I mean, we, I drive quite a sort of, I guess, an aggressive for me, quite a, quite a passionate and, and, and serious sustainability agenda. But it's all about sort of being caring and authentic and having that integrity in, in everything that you do. That's been really important to, to me. Mm. And how do you live sustainably in your day to day life? Um, I don't know. I suppose there's lots of lots of ways in which I think I, I do live sustainably and a lot of ways in which I don't. Mm. And I think I'm quite conscious of the things that that I don't do well as much as the ones that I do well. I think growing up in Spain was really important, the way we kind of dressed. And I remember at the time when I was a teenager, I thought mom was completely crazy, but she used to always insist on buying kind of good things where I, I would get lots of wares out of them and, you know, adjust them mm. and tailoring them and making sure that they fit it. So you wore them lots of times. And, and I suppose for me, I've always kind of been drawn to things that are not just temporary. I buy things that I love and I cherish, not just in my clothes, but also in my home. You know, I try to buy lesser things that I really, really love and want to keep forever and use again and again and again. And I, I suppose that's ingrained in me in the way, I guess, in the way that I that I approach things. I'm not really a sort of super fast fashion by the season kind of throwaway. And I'm not that way in my house and in the way that that we buy things for the house. Everything has a real purpose or a real meaning. Mm. I keep things forever. Books. I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm surrounded by books now, and my house has mm. got books everywhere. I, you know, they're things that I hold on forever. And then, I suppose, you know, the way we sort of think about shopping where I live. You know, we've got a lot of farm shops. I focus quite a lot on buying locally grown uh, ingredients and food. I think that's really important to me. So not just buying from the from the actual farm shops rather than big supermarkets, but actually buying seasonally as much as as much as I can mm. and so you know when asparagus season comes for instance we eat asparagus almost every day and then I don't eat asparagus for the rest of the year I mean it's a bit of a joke but we we really do feel that's quite important that's such a nice way to live Monica what's your second piece of life advice the other second piece is to surround yourself with people who inspire you and challenge you that was my other piece of advice I, I guess mm. I mean I've always really loved my friends I'm, I'm super gregarious and I have found in my career, I've had some people that have really inspired me and encouraged my journey. And, and I also have a group of friends. I really value my female friendship groups. I really value mm. my friends. And I think in the last few years since the pandemic, I have really come to even appreciate my friends even, even more so. Mm. And at work, you know, my team and the people around me are really important. And we've done some amazing collaborations recently. We've just launched one the ceramicist called Florence and George. We're about to launch a Mother of Pearl uh, collaboration with Amy Powney and my previous collaborations with Doina and Caroline Issa. All of these women that have collaborated with us, I was reflecting on it with my team and I was just reflecting on how amazing these women are and how inspiring they have been for us because they're genuine, strong ladies who have kind of given us lots of inspiration on our journey. And to me, surrounding yourself with people that really make you feel sort of excited about life, who you learn from and who you feel that sort of camaraderie with is really, really vital. And, and, and I have felt it much more so recently. Yeah, it's amazing reflecting back on the 
few years of the pandemic of like how bereft we were of friendships and of seeing people. And of course we were Zooming people, but just not the same. It's not the same of just being able to go out and be surrounded by your close group of friends and to come away with that feeling that you describe of being uplifted and inspired. No, I miss that so much. It's just there's nothing beats your your friendships and your and that warmth of kind of being understood and, and laughing, you know, laughing with your mm. friends and, and being challenged and saying, oh, yes, I agree with you and, and having things that you have in common, things you disagree on. It's yeah. just that, that rich kind of life experience is I have really missed it. I have really, mm. really missed it. And uh, so I've really valued it even even more. The moments that I've had, I've valued even more. Yeah. Now, I'm so intrigued as to how you became an amazing jewellery designer and CEO from working in Patagonia. Patagonia. (laughs) You'll have to tell me as as we talk about your third piece of advice, which is um, exploring for inspiration. And I was wondering if that kind of came from your, your travel days and tell me how you came from from those vastly different professions yeah I think for me exploring the world you know for inspiration whether it's traveling or through museums has been a really key part of my life so I I was always a super keen traveler when I was at art school I lived in New Mexico I was apprenticing with a sculptor there and uh, I traveled the world a lot after art school I worked for a jeweler and I having done fine arts I ended up doing jewelry completely by accident I loved it I learned a lot during those three years and then my now husband was planning on doing this travel kind of adventure and and he got a job with me in Mexico and I agreed to join him on this adventure and leave the jewelry business that I was working for and I was so tempted by the travel it was just it was just so completely up my alley. It was just exactly what Mm -hmm. I wanted to do. And we actually spent 12, 13 years traveling in in various places. We spent a lot of time in Patagonia, a lot of time in Mexico and Chile and and a little bit in the Bahamas as well. And, And it really sort of cemented, I suppose, that love of travel and why I love travel so much, because I I suppose I'm incredibly curious. I think ultimately I am a super, super curious person. I'm curious about people, about cultures, about design, about what people do. And and I just absolutely thrived. And somebody asked me, you know, once, where do you feel most at home? And, you know, I feel so at home in New York, but I also feel so at home in Mexico. I feel so at home in so many places. I have always felt very at home in all these places that I've moved to. And, you know, I grew up in Spain. And when I came to study age 16 in England and I stayed and lived in London, I've always felt incredibly at home in London. I've never mm. not felt at home in the places that I've gone to. And to me, that's one of the most exciting things about life is just being able to yeah. go to lots of places and feel that I, I've never felt a stranger anywhere that I've been to. I've never felt like a foreigner, really. It's, it's that's been really, so nice. Yeah, it's been really nice. Yeah. And I And I think... It's it's always opened kind of my horizons and it's one of the things that I cherish the most. And and again, that's one of the things that I've really missed the last few years. I was going to say, it must have been such a struggle for you. What did it feel like when you first went on a plane again after uh, <laughs> lockdown? Well, I haven't been very often. I have to I have to admit, I've not traveled very much actually yeah. uh, in the last few years. But the first, yeah, the first time on a plane was was completely surreal because I spent so much time, you know, when I set up this company, 
I, I've traveled a lot. So I've always traveled first because I was in the travel industry, then because part of my job yeah. meant traveling to, you know, India for, for our manufacturing or on holiday to, to various places and uh, to the States to, to see customers. Travel has been a constant all of my life. So I felt incredibly bereft. And when we got on that first airplane, actually, we, we were flying to Spain, mm. It, it really was incredibly surreal. And uh, yeah, I'm now planning where, where I can go next because I, I yeah, I definitely have a, a desperately long list of places that I want yeah, to visit. Yeah, same. Yeah. This is the year for yeah. traveling while we can, I think, <laughs> definitely. As soon as I can, yes. <laughs> um, we're just going to jump to a quick ad break, but we'll be right back with Monica Vinader. And we're back with the jewellery designer and CEO, Monica Vinader, who is sharing her life advice with us. And we're on to her fourth piece of life advice, which is about prioritising self-care. So you must be so, so busy running your own business. How do you do this? Well, I think my piece of advice on prioritising self-care is really just because I don't prioritize self-care, I'm really oh, bad okay. at it. <laughs> I am, I'm really bad at it. I'm not strong on this, but it is something that I, I am conscious of and I always try to, to try and do better, but I, it's never been a strength. But it, again, has become a lot more important recently. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, people have always asked me, you know, how do you balance work and life? And it's I've never really managed a really good balance because... I love my work. It's my baby. And I love the work that I did before when I was traveling. I was really passionate about it. I've always dedicated everything that I have to my work because I've always done things I loved. So it's difficult to disentangle because you love it so much. It's difficult to disentangle yourself. So work and life balance has always been tricky for me. I think when I when my daughter was born 15 years ago, I started getting a little bit better because I suddenly had a baby and lots of priorities. I am getting better over the years, but I suppose it's something that, and I talk to my teams a lot about, you know, you must prioritize your work-life balance. And I try to make sure that they're conscious of it because I know how bad I've been at it um, as I've sort of evolved in my career. But Mm. last year I had really, really bad COVID and and I was in hospital and so was my husband. And there was some really, really, yeah, there was some really dark moments. And When I came out, a friend of mine, and I was saying, look, I'm trying to meditate and breathe, and I'm so bad at meditating. I was getting sort of, you know, I can't meditate. And and he said, well, have you tried, you know, to listen to John Kabat-Zinn? He's really amazing. And having always failed at meditation, I actually got it. I sort of got it. And I told myself, you're not going to meditate. You're going to breathe. You're going to learn how to breathe. And actually, by breathing and and listening to his tapes, I I actually found it really, really helpful. So although I'm not telling myself that I meditate because it puts too much pressure on me, but I sort of do in some ways, I found it actually quite transformational. And for my recovery, it was really, really important. So I don't have like a regular practice, but I try and do my breathing exercises quite regularly, actually almost daily. That has been really, really helpful. And the other thing that I've sort of started doing a lot more, which um, I've always found it very helpful for my mental health was doing things with my hands, doing kind of manual things. And, you know, I've always sketched. I've always, I've got my sketchbooks with me all the time. And during the first lockdown, I, I actually stopped sketching because the business was so much was happening, you know, with the business and mm. we're all on lockdown and and I and I found that I started gardening. I started a vegetable garden because I wanted to be outside not inside and and I kind of dropped my sketches 
And recently I've said to myself, actually, what really gives me that peace and that tranquility is sketching. So I've started doing a sketch a day of, I've got, got a massive collection of pebbles. I, I'm really fascinated by stripy pebbles, which I collect everywhere. And I started basically sketching a stripe, stripy pebble a day. And because I find the sort of the sketching and the just for pleasure, I'm not sketching for work, I'm just sketching for me. And I have found that incredibly therapeutic. And I was talking to Florence and George, with whom I've just collaborated on our first homeware ceramics collection. And, and she also found that she started ceramics and her business because she found it really helpful for her mental health. So I think for me now, it's a mixture of breathing and drawing for pleasure and just getting my sketchbook out and saying a pebble a day. A pebble a day. I love that. (laughs) And actually, that brings us on to your fifth piece of advice, which is about the importance of spending time in nature. So are you going out and about finding these pebbles as well? I had found this incredible beach in, in Menorca where you literally swim up to the beach and all the pebbles are stripy in a way that I'd kind of never seen. And I literally just grab them and then swim back to the boat. And I've got a really big collection of them. And my husband also has been bringing back pebbles from various places where he's been fishing in Canada, around the world. And we've got them all all over the house. But for me, the pebbles and the finding the pebbles and and spending time in nature has been a very big constant in my life. And I grew up in a city, I grew up in Madrid, so I was not a country girl, but my my husband took me to these incredible places abroad in the middle of Patagonia and in the middle of a biosphere in Mexico. And I sort of transformed a bit and I found, you know, living in this incredible wilderness with incredible nature around me has become a really big constant in, in our lives. And then we moved to Norfolk in the middle of the country, in the middle, we're in the middle of nowhere. And, and I have found sort of being outside and in nature really, really key for mm. for all the, the last sort of 20 years of my life. And and again, the last two years with lockdown, being able to just walk outside of my door and go on the sort of lanes and walk around the fields and with no one around was a real incredible moment for me because I'd never walked so much around my house really until the last few years, but just being wow. so grateful to be in nature and the trees and the lanes. I mean, I literally feel like I, I know every hedge around the house and my <laughs> husband huge kind of nature uh, lover and 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 he tells me about all these sorts of things that I have kind of learned about recently and it's been really really important and we brought up our daughter to be outside a lot and she's very outdoorsy that's I think been also very important for her actually absolutely and it must have been so healing you know to hear about your experience of suffering from covid and being in hospital something so transformative and healing about being in nature after that kind of intense experience that must have been so hard. You know, actually, it was amazing because I, so my husband was much worse than I was. And when he came out of hospital after me, I mean, he could barely walk. He had lost kind of a lot of muscle tone and and he obviously had lots of breathing difficulties. And the first thing he did when he came home is he attempted to walk around the garden. Hmm. He stopped like every three steps and and he just set himself this task of every day he was going to walk a little bit more, a little bit more. And he, I mean, he's now walking so much more than me, but we all started walking every day. We just, and increasing our steps and measuring our steps. Yeah. And he's now way overtaken me and he's super fit again. But oh, just good. that idea of every day walking and every day going outside and, and setting yourself a target of doing more steps. 
and just being outside and just sitting down and appreciating mm. whatever the weather actually because you know this was yeah. January last year and was it hard to get back to the business after that kind of incredibly difficult personal experience was it hard to sort of shift your headspace back into running your company for a few weeks I just couldn't even think about anything to do with work I was I was very very sick mm. and then after that my husband was still very sick and I was just so worried about him and obviously my sister is my partner and and she stepped in but also I've got an absolutely incredible team and they're really all just were firing on all cylinders and and I felt so secure that they were doing such an amazing job that I felt that I could really kind of step out and they they were really in charge I didn't find it difficult to to step back once I started recovering and feeling better but mm. but I didn't really go back to work for a few months I was I was really weak and I was really really very very mm. sick it was tough to feel so unwell it was such a relief to be able to I can imagine yeah, yeah someone that's normally so vivacious and busy yeah. and traveling it must have really yeah thrown you a lot it was a huge life lesson in so many ways yeah. and one of the things that i found most incredible is how my good friends pulled around me and they really really were amazing so emotional support but also being there bringing me food and and i mean it was just incredible that our, our friends mm-hmm. were fantastic and also the hospital where we were both in you know it was at the height of covid before vaccines had been rolled out and you know the staff had had kind of a year of covid already and they were all tired and they were mm. all very stressed and how well they looked after us was very humbling it was so humbling to be looked after in that way you know i mean everyone's wearing masks you don't know who who anybody is but they were all so kind the kindness of strangers completely yeah. overwhelmed me i found it so humbling and inspiring you know just how these Absolutely. people are so dedicated and how yeah and, and and i guess it sort of it links a little bit to my last sort of point of giving back and how yes how do, do i sort of bring back that into my life and i've always worked for many years with charities that are really important to me like women for women international and in india we worked with a uh, Jagriti which is a sort of charity that sets up schools in the slums in Jaipur where we cut our stones to educate slum children you know from kindergarten to 18 because education is really important for me and we've worked many years with them and it's been a really important part of what we do with the company what I do personally mm. and definitely would been doing quite a lot of things with the NHS as well before I was in hospital but when i came out of hospital it kind of put into sort of a a big sharp focus the fact of you know how much more one can do in terms of not just raising money but also driving awareness to some of these good causes that mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know about and we actually when actually when i came out of hospital i i did actually raise some money for our local hospital who looked after us for for equipment and also for support for the for the staff but we're so busy you know we don't often think enough about how we can give back and yeah it's so true thank you so much for sharing your six pieces of of good advice your six piece of good advice there was to give back which i think is of course so important but before we we leave you monica i was wondering if you had a piece of bad advice something that somebody has said to you in the past that you have thought actually 
I'm really glad I didn't listen to that. That was terrible advice. And can you warn us what that was? Um, bad advice, I guess, for me is always been about don't take the risk, don't do it, don't think so big, you're too big for your boots. You know, when I first started working with my husband in, in this business, I, I had this ambition that we were going to set up a company, a global company of, of fly fishing lodges around the world. And and actually, we did a really good job at it. But someone said to me, oh, you know, just be careful that your ambition is not so big. And, you know, you know, I was mm. 24. And, and I actually thought, well, actually... Yes and no. You know, you have to dream big. You have to really be hungry. And particularly when you're 24, you really want to dream big. And then again, in 2008, when I set up Monica Veneta with, with my sister, and, and obviously it was 2008 and the markets were crashing. And I had a friend in the finance world who said, you know, I think there's going to be riots in the streets. Don't do it. It's really risky. And, and actually, we mortgaged our house, this family house where I, where I now live, in order to get enough money to buy stock, to have our first Christmas and, and to get the business going. And it was quite risky in 2008. But, you know, it was advice that I didn't listen to. I mean, I sort of did and I was mindful. I'm going to have to be very careful. But I still mm. went ahead and did it because it was, you know, I felt incredibly confident in my ability and in my vision and what I wanted to do. And it was all about you know, just not being so careful that you don't do anything, right? Mm. So it's all balancing a bit of risk with some sense. But I didn't listen to those two big pieces of advice. And, and mm. one has led to this company that I now love and cherish. And the other one was an incredible adventure of 12, 13 years where my husband and I had incredible success in what we were doing and we had some incredible experiences. So I'm glad I didn't listen to that. <laughs> yeah, I, I am too. <laughs> and particularly, you know, for someone in their 20s, it's like, of course, dream big, you know, of course yeah. be ambitious. And I think as a woman, you're often told, you know, that there's a sort of like ambition is not a good word. I think ambition is a really positive word. I think it's something that fuels me. I'm ambitious. I'm just ambitious for good things. You know, I'm mm. not greedy. I'm not, but I'm ambitious for, for quality, for integrity, for, for doing amazing things. You know, I think you just have to be careful what you're ambitious for, but I think ambition is a very, very positive thing. Yeah. Be encouraged. Oh, brilliant. That's such a good note to end on as well. Such an inspiring and, and uplifting note. So thank you so much, Monica, for talking to us. I found it really inspiring hearing a bit about your your career and also your recovery from COVID as well, which I'm, I'm really happy to hear that you're, you're feeling better and, and back at it and doing what you do best. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely talking to you, Lottie. Thank you for listening to this week's Grazia Life Advice podcast. And thank you, of course, to Monica Vinader for sharing her story with us. If you've enjoyed today's episode, then please subscribe. And perhaps if you know someone who you think needs to hear Monica's advice, then make sure you share this episode with them. Until next time, bye. <laughs>